Welcome to Truth Culture Life. I'm Roy Hood. Thank you so much for listening to Catholic Spirit Radio. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to download the app at catholicspiritradio.com. All right, so we have a special episode today, two special guests. We have Tom Brecca, who is the founder, president, and uh, chief counsel, if I got all that right, of Thomas More Society, somebody who I have been blessed to know for a number of years. And then we also have Nate Robertson, who is a vice president at Sidewalk Advocates for Life, um, who I have also known for a number of years now. So I've known both of you guys, and you're still willing to come onto the program. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Glad to be here. Yeah. So um, what we're, t- we're going to talk about a few different things today, and I'm mindful of, of your time, both of you. I know you're both busy guys. Um, hopefully, I-, I know, Nate, you're confirmed. Tom, you're not quite confirmed yet, but if it works out, it'd be great. Hopefully, we'll be together in Naples in a few weeks. And again, Tom, if it works, we'd love to have you. Uh, one of the many topics, so we're going to be at the Naples Summit, March 20th to the 22nd. And that is the second annual Law of Life Summit in Naples, Florida. It has a retreat component. There's a community service project where we take gifts to moms and babies at a, a maternity home. And then there's trainings and talks and opportunities to network and to get inspired. One of the many topics that we'll be talking about, well, one, Nate, as far as you're concerned, sidewalk advocacy. It, what Can you tell us a little bit about um, what Sidewalk Advocates for Life does when it's presented the opportunity to do a presentation. Sure, absolutely. So we're uh, obviously so honored to be at the Law of Life Summit in Naples. It's going to be great. And Sidewalk Advocates for Life, what we do when we're presenting in this kind of a format is we really want, want people to understand a really good overview of what does it look like to be on the sidewalk um, with using our perspective and, and using our training which really focuses on making sure that we're driving with compassion. We're driving with how do we solve the problem that the mom is facing when she comes to the abortion facility? And how can we start those conversations to prospectively move her away from the sidewalk so that she has a little bit more time to think about her decision and go visit with a pregnancy resource center or get a free ultrasound, even maybe on a mobile um, unit. So really in these um, presentation-like environments, we like to give a... Uh, intro training, we like to call it a, a 101, a, a snippet of what our full training is like, and really encourage people to discern if they should be getting more involved on the sidewalk. You know, I know some people have shied away from being on the sidewalk of abortion facilities at some times, but we really feel like it's a very powerful place to be. It is a moment where you literally are standing between life and death. And so during these presentations, we just want to Im- inspire folks and give them a little bit of information about how they could further connect with us. You know, that um, it's amazing. So like, I, I don't know if people know this, but I met my wife, Elise, on the sidewalk in front of Planned Parenthood in Naples, Florida. And I, I joke with people, you know, we met at the law school. I wasn't really interested in praying outside of Planned Parenthood. I, I, I thought that just seemed like a, an odd use of time. But I started going every weekend because I didn't want anybody else standing next to this cute little blonde that I was interested in. And uh, lo and behold, I got involved in pro-life work. And that's, you know, I wish I had a better story. That's sort of how I got involved. I uh, became president of the uh, Lex Vitae and it all went from there. You know, um, we've got Tom Brecka from Thomas More Society. And, and recently we have seen a rise in a phrase that I never heard of before. I've, I've been seeing this on social media. It's a phrase called uh, lawfare. What is lawfare? Does that, does that ring a bell to either one of you gentlemen? 
Well, it's one of those newfangled words, Roy. <laughs> said I, 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 I have other older ways of describing it. It's called uh, harassment uh, by means of uh, suing people, you know. And of course, lawyers get blamed for this. Uh, we we don't sue people without a good reason, but uh, the the opposition, the pro-abortion forces, seem to have. Uh, glomped onto this tactic, especially those holding public office, uh, you know, and, you know, we're now uh, in a period of uh, lawfare like we couldn't have imagined not too long ago. Of course, at, at the forefront are the cases against uh, former President uh, Trump, the leading candidate for the Republican nomination, and <laughs> My goodness, you know, they're just fi finding ways, to, uh, inventing new ways to sue him. And this is, you know, we're not political. We don't endorse anybody. But I'm sure the fact that he made the Supreme Court appointments of the justices who overturned Roe v. Wade has quite a bit to do with this. And uh, but even apart from that, uh, the cases we're directly involved in, involving sidewalk counseling and pregnancy resource centers, you know, uh, the Attorney General of California has sued Heartbeat International and uh, another group of uh, pregnancy centers there, you know, charging uh, misleading consumers by urging the option of abortion pill reversal. And uh, of course, this applies to sidewalk counselors too. They call this a lie. <laughs> and my goodness, you know, the answer to that is all the uh, thousands upon thousands of uh, babies who've been born thanks to abortion pill reversal pioneered by a San Diego doctor, uh, Delgado, you know. Uh, then they're doing the same thing in Illinois, and we smacked them there. The attorney general there came down against NIFLA, another uh, great uh, group of pregnancy centers. And, and, you know, they've been after sidewalk advocates, uh, uh, you know, this was Joe Scheider, you know, the fellow, the great pro-life leader who died a few years ago, got me into the pro-life business when they sued him under the antitrust and racketeering laws. And it was because he wrote a book called 99 Ways to Stop Abortion. Well, the first of the 99 ways uh, was sidewalk advocacy. So, you know, the importance of sidewalk advocacy actually going out and saving a life at the edge of the execution chamber, to put it rather bluntly, uh, you know, is so critical. And, uh, you know, that was his no number one of 99 ways and a big reason why they sued him. And it went on for 28 years, <laughs> three times up to the U.S. Supreme Court. We won the last two of them. But they're still harassing, and you know, Nate knows well uh, sidewalk advocacy, and we've got cases around the country, uh, you know, and sometimes we have trouble with judges, especially in the lower courts, sometimes on appeal. But, you know, the fact is it's your First Amendment right to speak out, and what could be more important than saving the life of a human being? What um, can I ask you this? I mean, there's so much there to unravel. I I, I want to talk about sidewalk advocacy a little bit and the steps that Nate, your organization takes to educate, equip your volunteers 
uh, in the event they run up against a, uh, a legal issue, whether it's uh, we had a, a case, it wasn't a sidewalk advocacy case, Tom, but you remember the case in Jacksonville, uh, was it Jacksonville or Gainesville, Florida last year, uh, where a police officer grabbed the sign um, and uh, issued a citation and they ultimately dropped the case. But what, what, Nate, what do your people do? Do you train them, um, you know, with respect to these issues? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Tom, just so many great things that you were just speaking of that we've even you know been able to be a part of some of that, especially with abortion pill reversal and just the incredible work of that, of that process. Um, when, when it comes to sidewalk advocates and what we teach our people, when it comes to inter interacting with law enforcement or any issues on the sidewalk, we always want to make sure that our people are very well trained on what their First Amendment rights are. But they also are very well educated, very well trained and very humble to comply with law enforcement and grieve later. Like we don't want to get arrested, right? Like we're trying to keep people from getting arrested. We want to make sure that we can be on the sidewalk as long as possible to continue to reach out to men and women going in and out who desperately need us. And so if we are dealing with a legal issue that happens on a sidewalk, we, we do want to speak with the officers and make sure we understand what they are asking us to do and understand why they are asking us to do what they're asking us to do. Mm -hmm. But then we want to comply if they are giving us a direct order and call Thomas More Society right away. Uh, many times Martin Cannon is on the phone with our advocates right while they're on the sidewalk of abortion facilities to go ahead and begin to solution that. And then our great, you know, our great um, partnership with Thomas More is so great to uh, or go ahead and directly work with the city attorney, direct, directly work with the police department, directly work with any of the legal efforts that need to be done to make sure and keep our people on the sidewalk. Because again, like Tom so well said, we have a First Amendment right to be there. And so when we have that First Amendment right to be there, we need to make sure that we're not giving up that right and even backing away to give them any opportunity to restrict our rights. But we do want to make sure to keep ourselves out of jail. Yes. Tom, I guess uh, you can take it if you have anything to add to that. I mean, I guess there are there are some pro-lifers that they seem to relish the fight, so to speak. I, I, I tend to be the guy that would rather not uh, get arrested on the sidewalk, but I know there's others that are more more aggressive with it. Where, where's the balance? Um, any words of wisdom there? Well, part of lawfare that I didn't... <laughs> mentioned because we spend so much time uh, spilling ink and speaking about it and because it's got such media attention are the people who uh you know use uh, blocking techniques uh which you could also call in civil rights terms and thinking of the civil rights movement in the uh back in the 60s when i went to law school <laughs> you know uh letter from Birmingham jail by Dr. King, you know, the uh, peaceable nonviolent direct action where it was his uh, terminology. And, you know, they call them sit-ins where, you know, black people would sit, uh, often others with them sit in at Woolworth drugstores and uh, asked to be served and they were not served because of segregation laws. So, this caught the imagination of uh, many folks uh, and stirred consciences in a way that had uh, depth and staying power. Uh, 
And of course, a lot of pro-lifers now are, are going back to these rescue tactics. You know, the Shiner case, I said, 28 years, three trips to the Supreme Court. The main thrust of that case was the rescue movement where hundreds of people would sit and block access to clinics in Wichita, Kansas, uh, other places all over the country, upstate, you know. Uh, um, we That provoked the passage of this face law, freedom of access to clinic entrances. We defeated the racketeering and antitrust tactics, but face uh, was enacted and uh, it's a terrible law. Uh, and now it's worse because they're linking it up with federal conspiracy laws, laws that were passed in the, uh, I said the last century, it was two centuries ago to stop the Ku Klux Klan and the Jim Crow crusade and uh, violence against uh, newly uh, freed uh, former people of color. Uh, and now they're linking that up with the FACE Act so that your first offense could risk 11 year, up to 11 years in jail. So we, you know, we've been defending those cases too, but you know, I, I, people who feel so uh, connected to the plight of the infant at risk that they risk arrest and prosecution, uh, that I can't say that's wrong. Uh, I salute them and pray for them. Uh, but, you know, Lauren Handy is... They were put in jail right away once the jury came back with a guilty verdict. And my God, the instructions were uh, so uh, tightly hamstrung in favor of the prosecution that the verdict was almost uh, anticipated. We think FACE is unconstitutional, will be on appeal. But meanwhile, people are in jail. And yes, yeah. it underscores the seriousness of the issue. But we yeah. need people on the street who are going to intercede and try and save lives these are all legitimate means of, you know, doing what uh, conscience impels, but uh, the, going to jail is, is not a good thing if it can be avoided. And uh, so sidewalk counseling is issue number one. Uh, rescue, that was another legitimate tactic that was included in Joe Scheider's 99 ways, but it wasn't number one. Yeah. So in any event, uh, no, we pray was. for the folks in jail. We wish their speedy release. We hope face will be declared unconstitutional, but it's on the books. And yeah. I mean, and these things take time, Tom. I mean, now V. Scheidler was what, 20, 30 years? 28 years. Right. I mean, I love uh, the, the people sitting in jail right now waiting for the appeals. I mean, you know, I don't know how long the sentence is for some of these folks, but like I, I know like one one case that a lot of people have read is a Franciscan friar in New York. He was sentenced to six months. Uh, Father Fidelis, um, right? I and uh, I believe that was a yeah. It says right in the article, violating the freedom of access to clinic entrances. And why why does it take so long for the appeal process to roll out? I mean, it's funny, you know, as an attorney, <laughs> I, I, six months doesn't seem like a long time anymore. Um, well, but it's worse else. than that. I, I, incredibly, you know, we we have other laws that are uh, obnoxious besides the face law. And, you know, in New York, for example, they came down with what they call the boss bill. They used it against the late Chris Slattery that 
uh, Chris, uh, we, we lost him to cancer, what, several months ago, but he had this chain of pregnancy centers in greater New York City, and they're now connected with Compass Care from upstate, uh, struggling to keep pregnancy centers alive and open. And under attack from the Attorney General of New York, the same Letitia James, who's you know, after Trump, well, she's after pro-life people, uh, lawfare again. Well, they passed another law that said that uh, pregnancy centers must hire people who uh, have had abortions and believe in abortion. Can you believe that? Yeah. So we attack that under the First Amendment. Uh, this puts the lie to any claim of freedom of conscience. And yes, we won, Royce, but it took the appellate court over three years to rule in our favor. Why? Yeah. Because there is a struggle going on in the country, even among these astute, uh, you know, federal appellate judges. And, uh, you know, thankfully we had a good Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court, we, you know, that's the last resort. And, you know, we couldn't get uh, David Daleiden uh, a hearing up in the Supreme Court. Why? They're so worried about confidentiality <laughs> that undercover reporting didn't uh, merit their attention. So, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Uh, we're having a struggle now in the country. No question. It's a fundamental struggle. Uh, role was reversed. But now at street level, people are going to have to really hear the pro-life message. And thanks for sidewalk advocates for doing that. Thanks yeah. also for the people in jail. But, you know, uh, yes, appeals are going to, if it took three years to get rid of the boss bill, how long is it going to take to get rid of face? Well, we're doing our best. Yeah. That's all we can do. Well, keep keep doing it. We need you. Let's do this. Let's jump into a, a, a first commercial break. You're listening to Truth Culture Life at Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm Royce Hood, joined by Tom Brecka of Thomas More Society and Nate Robertson. I hope you can both stick around. Uh, we'll be right back in just a second. Hi, this is John Hall, president of Catholic Spirit Radio. Do you enjoy our programming? Well, we need your support to keep the programming at Catholic Spirit Radio on the air. If you already give, thank you. We appreciate your help. If you haven't given, we need your help now. To donate, go online at catholicspiritradio.com. That's catholicspiritradio.com. Or mail your donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. Or stop by 108 Boykins Place. God bless you, and thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio. Three King's Gifts has sacramental and seasonal gifts, religious medals, rosaries, and more on the College Avenue Epiphany Church campus in Normal. Three King's Gifts is open 10 to 3.30 on Thursday and Friday, 8 to 1 on Sunday. Profits help charitable organizations. Listeners support Catholic Spirit Radio in many different ways. Some write checks, others use credit cards. But did you know that you can also give Catholic Spirit Radio your old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, or RV, even if it's not working? Donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipt. Just go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866-628-CARS. 
Chicago radio personality Kevin Matthews found a broken statue of the Virgin Mary by a dumpster. His life was changed forever. Join us at Holy Trinity Catholic Church in Bloomington on Saturday, March 23rd to hear Kevin's life-changing Broken Mary story. Doors open at 11 with a light lunch available at 11.30. This free event starts at 12.30, book signing afterwards. Register on the Holy Trinity website under the Grow in Faith tab or call us at 309-829-2197. If you have some extra time, put those hours to use for the Lord. With Catholic Spirit Radio's growing radio network, we have three new behind-the-scenes volunteer positions. If you're interested, call the station. 309-807-2427. Volunteers are specifically needed for each of these roles. First, an energetic and experienced event manager is needed to coordinate our spring and fall on-air fundraisers. Give us a call if that's you. Second, Catholic Spirit Radio needs one to two hours every two or three weeks from a volunteer or a team of two for lightweight general cleaning at our normal location. Give us a call if you and a friend are interested. And third, we are in need of one to two spirit liaisons from each of these areas. Rockford, Harvard, Morris, DeKalb, Sycamore, Lincoln, Pontiac, and Clinton. These individuals will assist with informational tables at your local events. Give us a call if you can help out. Become part of our radio mission in 2024. Volunteer at Catholic Spirit Radio. 309-807-2427. Welcome back to Truth Culture Life at Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm Royce Hood. And we're talking with Tom Brecka of Thomas More Society about the FACE Act and about some of the legal challenges um, that is sort of being characterized as lawfare is a new term I've been seeing floating around. I guess that's sort of a, a, a compound word. I don't know. It's a made up word, but it's, it makes sense to me. And uh, we're also joined by Nate from uh, Sidewalk Advocates. You know, what I, I want to talk about sidewalk advocacy in a second, but one of the big concerns I have with lawfare, just looking at this, I mean, the golden rule is out the window. And, you know, it used to be, you know, treat, you know, even, even in court, you could have adversaries that respected each other and went and played golf and had a you know a cocktail after the court hearing. Now we've got people that are going for the jugular. I mean, there's no love or respect, at least from what we're seeing from some of the more polarized cases, uh, in particular against Trump and and uh, some of the pro-life cases. And, and so what I worry about is as the pendulum swings, you know, my concern is that the fa- fabric of stability of our civil society, you know, further gets eroded. Uh, Tom, I mean, do you think we're going to see a tit for tat, so to speak, in the future when when the pendulum swings, if it does swing? Well, Rice, I, I don't know. I'm at, I just turned 80 years old. <laughs> I'm very concerned for my grandchildren, not to mention my children. I, you know, we're, we're getting into a time in American politics and American culture where you know, I, I, this whole trans movement, uh, genital mutilation of minors without parental notice or consent. Uh, we have school teachers in California who are instructed they must uh, not tell parents uh, their child's uh, gender preference, you know, uh, male, female, pronouns like they, using they for a person that I, I, <clears throat> these, we're, we've almost gone beyond this abortion issue into, you know, lower depths. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. So we, we can't just uh, bemoan this. I think we've got to take action. Yeah. And thanks to Sidewalk Advocates for taking action. Uh, 
at the edge of the abyss at the killing centers and uh, we need to speak out uh, without fear or favor as often and as powerfully uh, you know as we as we can and uh, uh, you know I think the American people are gonna come to their senses at some point here I, I hope I hope so and uh, let's hope the pendulum swings yeah. My, my concern there, Nate, and, and I, I know you see this too. I mean, Planned Parenthood is pushing the trans ideology now, yeah. uh, without parental consent. And I, I read something recently in one town in, uh, in California, something like uh, three out of five kids is identifying as non-binary in the high school system. Three out of five? That's well, a I, just, I, I think these are these statistics are inflated. Yeah, probably so. Maybe deliber so. deliberately so, and and people have to stand up. You know this, the, the whole not to get off on a whole other topic, but what happened at Harvard, where people finally spoke up because of the anti-Semitism uh, of those who were ostensibly opposing the Israel retaliation and self-defense. Uh, you know this uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know. Uh, it's race-based, it's racist, uh, you know, and I, we want to go back to Dr. King again. We want people to be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Uh, and this, all these conservative issues, <laughs> to use one broad word, uh, you know, I think uh, reinforce one another, but at the heart of it is the whole idea that human life is sacred without regard to creed, color, and, and that's the powerful thrust of the pro-life movement from womb to tomb, from the, uh, you know, uh, the moment of conception onward. And, you know, when we start uh, letting killing become constitutionally protected, uh, ouch. And yet the, you know, the referenda have been going in favor of the abortion uh, issue but we hope that will stop and uh, but that's a challenge to us not to give up uh, just to, it shows how this issue is so salient and we've got to engage with it yeah uh nato i'll turn it over to you just a, a few thoughts on that and I'll, I'll stop talking here but you know what tom's talking about to me it's all related to the culture of death it has many faces yeah. it nasty head in many different forms we had a, a sitting member of the senate i think it's the federal uh, and I, I just saw this on Twitter this morning, refer to pedof pedophiles as persons attracted to minors. In other oh, words, it's, a, it's an it's a, it's a identification. Persons attracted to minors. I suppose there'll be an acronym. They'll call them PAMs. Yeah, that's, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> right? So, Nate. No, your, your sex, uh, your biology is what's, quote, assigned at birth. As if right. some bureaucrat uh, in a hospital administration is telling you whether you're male, female, or bisexual, or God knows what, uh, you know, uh, this yeah. is, where, where did common sense uh, disappear? So we've got to fight this, and, and I think the, I think we can win, but we, we can't take it for granted anymore, and we've got to fight, we've got to speak yeah. up. We what? do. We do have to fight. We do have to speak up. And, you know, I think that so much of it is exactly what you're saying, Royce. It does. It is all about this culture of death. And it's really all about this destruction of the family. Right. At the crux of all of these issues, it's about how can how is the family going to be preserved on our side? Right. Or is how is the family going to be destroyed? 
you know, abortion, we used to think abortion was the greatest evil and, and many of us still do, right? The greatest evil to end the life of your own offspring before it even has the chance to be born. But now we walk into these issues of sexual identity, these issues of, of mutilation, of general mutilation due to this transgender movement. And Royce, you mentioned earlier, the Planned Parenthood has, has now openly said that they are replacing their lost abortion revenue with transgender hormone therapy revenue. And we saw that coming. So in Northern California, we were already working outside of a Planned Parenthood. And that Planned Parenthood, before Dobbs was decided, was already seeing that the number one client that was going in there was the transgender client. They were already receiving the transgender hormone therapy from Planned Parenthood. And again, I just say that it so much speaks to this idea of destroying the family. If we can't kill the babies that are the offspring of, of the union of, of a man and a woman, then let's sterilize men and women before they even have the opportunity to procreate because we're giving them this cross-sex hormones that so mess them up that if they want to go back, they almost can't. So it is this clear picture of this culture of death of all these many faces of that. What does it look like? How, how are they going to find new ways of this evil? And it does seem that we continue to see this, this just at its core, this destruction of the family unit and this idea that um, we don't want to protect or preserve life, but we want to end it or, you know, dismember it or change it to a point that, I mean, someone will almost say, are they trying to eliminate humanity? Are they trying to end the, the future generations? Because they keep on messing with the opportunity for people to procreate with these hormones and continuing to advocate for more and more destruction of human life through abortion. Well, Nate, I think you hit it on the head. I, you know, there's this, we call it nihilism. You know, that's the Latin word for nothing. Uh, people want to kind of destroy, reduce, uh, you know, hate America, hate uh, our own humanity sometimes, uh, you know. Uh, so let's be positive. And uh, life is beautiful was the title of a wonderful motion picture from 20 years ago. Uh, that's a message that's part of our pro-life message. Uh, right. fatherhood, uh, motherhood, uh, grandfatherhood, you know, okay. I, I just, uh, you know, as you, as you get older, the more you appreciate uh, the miracle of birth and parenthood and, uh, you know, and, and now there are some people that look at it as a burden, as something awful to be avoided. And, you know, maybe too late folks would realize, wait, if we don't have family, <laughs> you know, we're alone in the world and, you know, materialism, a good job, those things are important, but they're secondary, aren't they? Yeah, uh, to these right. ultimate things. And uh, that's where religion comes into the picture. And religion is now under fire, too. <laughs> you know, uh, Christian nationalism is the new buzzword, you know, that... Uh, you know, and then, uh, of course, the FBI in Richmond saying, let's get after these Catholics that think that the Latin mass is something that uh, it's a sign of terrorism. Oh, my goodness. I, you know, I'm all for speaking, you know, the vernacular in church so people understand what's going on. But let's not uh, curse the 
centuries of fidelity uh, and seriousness and you know him singing is now what a terrorist war cry oh please no the war cry is lawfare which is going back to what Royce talked about the use of uh, these these uh, Ku Klux Klan acts against people of faith uh, who are trying to save lives and calling them uh, terrorist groups? Awful. Yeah. So yes, we're we're under attack and we're counterattacking, aren't we? And we're going to win. Yeah, yeah, we have to, right? We have to keep yeah. on with the counterattacks. We have to keep working to, you know, in, encourage people to stand up and encourage people to work with the the tactics that can continue to work on pushing back on these crazy, um, you know, either laws that are coming up or they're already there and. The, the judges that don't always want to be on our side. I want to speak real quickly back to one thing that you were talking about, about the case um, of Heartbeat International, as well as another group being sued by the state of California. I have the most amazing story about how powerful APR really is. And I'll just tell you really briefly that after this lawsuit had been issued by the state of California against Heartbeat regarding the APR technology and the ability to offer a woman the option to potentially save her baby after an abortion has started, we had sidewalk advocates, well-positioned, well-trained, outside of a private facility in Redding, California, so far Northern California. Right. And all of a sudden this lady shows up and our sidewalk advocates are able to intercept her and she's really distraught and she said, Oh, I'm not here for abortion. I just came here because I need an ultrasound. I need to make sure my baby's okay. And our sidewalk advocate said, well, you know, kind of give us a little bit of background. What's going on? Why would you come here to the abortion facility for an ultrasound? And she begins to tell them the story that just the day prior, she had been to the Planned Parenthood across town. She had gotten the abortion pills because she felt like that's what she needed to do, right? She had gone through with an abortion appointment. She had taken the pills, immediately was remorseful. She leaves the Planned Parenthood. She calls them back and she says, what can I do to stop this abortion? I've got to save my baby. And they said, there's nothing you can do. You have to continue with the process. And she's distraught. She's like, no, I got to find somebody. So she makes an appointment at the other abortion facility, a private one, drives over there. Our sidewalk advocates were well-trained, well-positioned, were able to intercept her, offered her to go to the CareNet Center to talk about APR and to get an ultrasound. She went with them to the CareNet Center. She got that ultrasound. Her baby was okay. They got her immediately on the progesterone therapy. And wow. three or four ultrasounds later, her baby's thriving and doing great in this pregnancy. And what's so powerful about that story is it's in the very state that they're trying to come after Heartbeat about how incredible APR is. So I just thought you'd enjoy that quick little story from California itself of where APR is working. It's not junk science. It's not a lie. It's not deceptive. No. It works. It works every day. You're listening to Truth Culture Life at Catholic Spirit Radio. We'll be right back. Hi, this is John Hall, president of Catholic Spirit Radio. Do you enjoy our programming? Well, we need your support to keep the programming at Catholic Spirit Radio on the air. If you already give, thank you. We appreciate your help. If you haven't given, we need your help now. To donate, go online at catholicspiritradio.com. That's catholicspiritradio.com. Or mail your donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. Or stop by 108 Boykins Place. God bless you, and thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio. 
Three Kings Gifts has sacramental and seasonal gifts, religious medals, rosaries, and more on the College Avenue Epiphany Church campus in Normal. Three Kings Gifts is open 10 to 3.30 on Thursday and Friday, 8 to 1 on Sunday. Profits help charitable organizations. Listeners support Catholic Spirit Radio in many different ways. Some write checks, others use credit cards. But did you know that you can also give Catholic Spirit Radio your old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, or RV, even if it's not working? Donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipt. Just go to CatholicSpiritRadio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866-628-CARS. Chicago radio personality Kevin Matthews found a broken statue of the Virgin Mary by a dumpster. His life was changed forever. Join us at Holy Trinity Catholic Church in Bloomington on Saturday, March 23rd to hear Kevin's life-changing Broken Mary story. Doors open at 11 with a light lunch available at 11.30. This free event starts at 12.30, book signing afterwards. Register on the Holy Trinity website under the Grow in Faith tab or call us at 309-829-2197. If you have some extra time, put those hours to use for the Lord. With Catholic Spirit Radio's growing radio network, we have three new behind-the-scenes volunteer positions. If you're interested, call the station. 309-807-2427. Volunteers are specifically needed for each of these roles. First, an energetic and experienced event manager is needed to coordinate our spring and fall on-air fundraisers. Give us a call if that's you. Second, Catholic Spirit Radio needs one to two hours every two or three weeks from a volunteer or a team of two for lightweight general cleaning at our normal location. Give us a call if you and a friend are interested. And third, we are in need of one to two spirit liaisons from each of these areas. Rockford, Harvard, Morris, DeKalb, Sycamore, Lincoln, Pontiac, and Clinton. These individuals will assist with informational tables at your local events. Give us a call if you can help out. Become part of our radio mission in 2024. Volunteer at Catholic Spirit Radio. 309-807-2427. Tom, what about that? You know, when we were in Washington, D.C. after the March for Life, there was a uh, Thomas More reception that I was uh, fortunate enough to attend. And the general counsel for Heartbeat was there. And one of the points she made was astonishing. She's like, if it's such a lie, if, if we're being dishonest and harming women, then why has the trial been delayed till the year 2025? Why, why has what been delayed? The trial. The trial. Why has the oh. trial been delayed? If it's so urgent, no. No, it'd be tomorrow. No, I was well, Danny White, who... You know, was uh, as was your beautiful wife, who you met sidewalk counseling, uh, an intern with us uh, years ago. Uh, certainly hit hit it on the head. Uh, there's so many ways to refute some of these fictions that are promoted uh, by the opposition. Uh, you know, and yet they sue us for supposedly lying to pregnant women because I guess. There, is it is it uh, guilt stigma because maybe they've had abortions uh, not to mention that they provide them to people and you know that they the idea of bearing a child uh, in this world somehow seems like uh, they're trying to turn that into, into an evil sad you know very very sad tragic I wonder Tom if the uh you know, when, when the, the big day comes for trial, could those babies that are here now, I mean, could you fill the courtroom? Uh, we, 
<laughs> I actually with all the delay in the justices, I mean, maybe they'll be on the jury. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. I thought about that when we were talking about this earlier because there's now over 4,000 babies that have been born after successful APR. Come yeah. on. Like, how right, can you right, say right that it's junk science after 4,000 live births? all in the courtroom. You know, right. the, we, we, we kind of did this. And, you know, I tell too many stories of so long ago, uh, but I don't think it, to me, these are very much uh, contemporary stories. But during the Shiler trial, the racketeering trial against Shiler and Operation Rescue and all that back in what, 1998, uh, we had a mother who wanted to testify about how the, pro, the, the uh, sidewalk counselors were peaceful people, and even those who were rescuers were peaceful and uh, loving people and because she'd gone for an abortion. And because of the intercession of a sidewalk advocate back then, she changed her mind and bore her child, and uh, she wanted to testify. So we had told her to come to court. She brought her, I think he was three years old, fellow, and they sat in the witness room, and the time came for them to take the stand. And uh, she came in, took the stand, sworn under oath. And, of course, we asked her the question about, uh, you know, her encounter with the pro-life people. Were they peaceful? Yes, they were. So, and uh, what happened? Well, I decided to not to go for abortion and uh, went back home. And, and and what happened with your pregnancy? Well, I gave birth to a beautiful baby. And uh, uh, now my one of my defendants, Timothy Murphy, alleged racketeer, was in court and brought from the witness room this three-year-old sitting on his lap to watch his mother testify. And he behaved. He didn't cry or scream or run off, you know, like, baby, like young kids do. And so... I, I don't know if I were the one questioning one of my helpers, but uh, and uh, and what happened? And, and how old is your baby? Your your baby now? Well, he's three years old. And uh, can you identify him? And Murphy stood up and held the boy up in front of the jury, uh, but in his pew didn't uh, cause any disturbance. But you would be amazed at the immediate outcry from the lawyers for the abortion industry. Objection, judge, this is uh, outrageous. How could they do this? Uh, horrible. What did the judge say? Unbelievable. Uh, all, they, all they did was try and show the truth of if you don't have an abortion, you, you know, God willing, your child is born and is a healthy, beautiful baby boy or baby girl. And, and they grow up to be, you know, real people. And um, this was, uh, I remember one young fellow who was on the other side, ran to the judge and how could he, uh, a sidebar conference, how could he, it's outrageous that he did this. Well, for God's sakes, uh, all we did was show the truth to the jury. And, yeah. Uh, and yet it's so mind boggling to them anyway. No, it's, it's, you know, these stories, Nate, I, I love hearing them. I could listen to these stories all day because I, I have a very, like, uh, I see it in my head. It's like a movie playing out, Tom, as you're yes, describing. Yes. And, uh, and it's, it's, Nate, it makes me think, you know, I mean, I, I've been on the sidewalk with Elise, praying the rosary, holding a sign, whatever we're doing. 
and a car comes along and just kind of swerves up onto the sidewalk a little bit, pretending like they're going to hit us. Oh, right. No, we've had no. cars. We, we've had plenty of vehicles. They, they like to wave with a certain uh, singular finger, you know, extended um, <laughs> and, uh, and honk and scream. Just, they almost sound like demons uh, sometimes when they're screaming stuff at you. Right. Like, well, hey, demons, my gosh, you know, we've got a case in Iowa and, you know, we, we sponsor these nativity sets in the state capitals. I don't want to carry on about it. No, it's it's good. another issue, but I think they all kind of relate together in any event. So we, we got a nativity in the Capitol building. And this year, the Satanists put up uh, Beelzebub, or a horrible image. And this one uh, fellow, an Air Force veteran, was so offended by this, who viewed it, he decapitated uh, Beelzebub. Well, we don't approve of that, and it's called vandalism. And, uh, you know, he had another lawyer representing him, but then I've just, I found out just last week the uh, state's attorney prosecutor in Polk County, which is uh, the county that uh, Des Moines, the capital, is in, decided to add a hate crime charge. Yeah. The satanic figure was a religious figure, and this was a hate crime against Religion. Well, how outrageous is that? I, yeah. That Satanism is now recognized, uh, whereas Christians are under attack as, quote, Christian nationalists. <laughs> you know, we're the terrorists now, and they're the re religionists. This is, uh, I mean, to say it to me is to answer it, and yet this is Polk County, Iowa, but of course, uh, the, the capital of Iowa, where there are too many uh, folks of the other persuasion, apparently, including in the prosecutor's office. Yeah. So, yes, we don't approve of vandalism. Uh, we would prefer that, uh, you know, they have a First Amendment right to promote the culture of death, but let them not do it at Christmas time. We could put a reasonable time, place, and manner restriction on this and say, put up your Satan statue in February if you really want to promoted and they don't want to promote it. They're just being anti uh, Christmas and that, without the Christmas nativity scene there, they lose interest. So, you know, it's a fake religion and it's a uh, advocacy that is, is uh, a failure of advocacy. Uh, it's just one of these lawfare tactics uh, in the state capital and in the criminal court. So, we again, we've got to fight back. We can't let these things happen without challenge, and uh, the tide is turning. You know, we uh, lost the, I, I talk about the Shiler case too much because I'm older, you know. But to remind you folks, I mean, there are three Supreme Court appeals, we won in the lower courts, uh, but then uh, the Supreme Court uh, uh, went the other way, uh, so we lost the first of the three appeals. That's why we had to go back twice more. And, and even when we won number two, they tried to overturn it and uh, we had to go up for number three. So persistence, you know, don't be put back. Don't be uh, disgruntled and, uh, you know, disillusioned just because it's a struggle. There is, a, Satan has powers, uh, you know, ours is greater. <laughs> that's why he attacks the family, Nate, to your right, point. You got it. That's right. it, right? God said, go and be fruitful, right? Have dominion over the earth. Satan hate, if Satan rebelled, right? The first sin was really pride, right? Because he, he felt okay. differently. And uh, the pride always comes before the fall. 
the family. He hates humanity. And that makes sense that communists, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I have to tell you guys a sidebar. I don't know why I thought of this, Tom, when you were talking, but I was on a phone call with John Henry Weston from LifeSite News, and we were talking about the trans ideology. And apparently there was a, a boy in Canada who his teacher asked, what's your pronoun? He said, well, I, I identify as a stop sign. And he was joking, but he said it so seriously. The teacher got very mad at him. How dare you disrespect people? They went home. The next day, the teacher came back and had thought about it. And she apologized to the student. Uh, I apologize to you. Do you really feel like you're a stop sign? How I was disrespectful of me to question you. And uh, <laughs> he was just joking, but that's how preposterous this is. And I said to him, I was like, well, what if, you know, I don't really like paying income tax. What if I identified as like a, uh, like a bald eagle or something? Would I be protected under federal statutes if I was an eagle? I know we're getting off topic here and speculating. It's wild. It's just this is how preposterous is. Well, these are good stories because, you know, it's a fight. And when you're in a fight, you've got to have uh, gumption and, and uh, determination. And you've got you to be able to take a hit every now and then. But then uh, resilience, you know. Uh, but... You know, always be on offense. And I don't know, there was a, a statement uh, they attributed to Napoleon. I don't know that it was really his. Somebody said it was one of the French revolutionists. But, you know, boldness, boldness, always be bold. Audacity, audacity. You know. uh, there can be too much audacity. Yes, indeed. You know, I, sometimes you have to ward people off that are hitting you so hard with their message. But no, but... Our problem now is too many people who are afraid to speak up. There's this reticence, this shyness, this uh, tongue-tied. We've got to speak up or the other side is going to fill the void with all their, they're the ones spewing falsehoods and lies. And uh, come on, uh, you know, we're on the, the right side here. So let's tell people about it. They need to hear it. Amen. The truth will set you free. Uh, speaking of um, giving people truth, that's what you guys do, Nate, on, at Sidewalk Advocates, right? I mean, that's that's the whole premise of your... And by the way, without Nal V. Scheidler, you guys would all be probably sitting in jail under racketeering charges, would be my guess. Well, I don't, I don't know. It may have taken a fourth appeal, but we... <laughs> Oh, the whole idea that, pro, that people used to wear buttons, racketeer for life. I mean, how how stupid. Well, who are racketeers? They're people who kill for money. Now, the mafia is so what who, that. Who is the, really the racketeer? Yeah, the mafia. Right. And, and right. here they're calling, uh, you know, uh, some of the uh, traditional Catholics uh, terrorists. Oh, my goodness. No, please. No. My thought is if any of the FBI guys do go to a Latin mass, they're either going to be inspired or they're going to fall asleep. It's one of the two. And uh, they're not going to find much there in terms of conspiracy. They probably won't understand 100% of what's going on anyway. Um, but <laughs> anyway, anyway, look, we're, we're almost out of time. This has been such an awesome show. I really appreciate both you guys joining us. Nate, I'm really excited to see you in Naples in a couple of weeks. Um, you and uh, Linda, I think, are, are coming. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. I'm hoping we'll be there, Royce. Uh, my wife had knee surgery and... It's been six weeks, and uh, I think she's on the mend. So the idea of coming down to Florida sounds very appealing to us. Absolutely. Well, you need a break from the winter, don't you? Royce well, does winter, too. <laughs> our winter, believe it or not, we had a 70-degree day in February. So 
I don't know. Not to offend those who are, <laughs> you know, absolutely terrorized by the whole notion of global warming. But if that's global warming, I, I'm inclined to vote. Uh, well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll believe be me. neutral on that. I, I know that we do have warming and it could cause trouble. So we don't want to cause too much trouble. But. <laughs> Well, either way, I would Florida, prefer Florida, a warm day in Florida to a warm day in February right. in Chicago. No, hey, man, I, I hope it works out. Uh, we'd love to see okay. you there. And if anybody listening wants to come, it's NaplesSummit.com, March 20th to the 22nd. We've got okay. an excursion with dolphins the first day and then a pep rally at Ave Maria, followed by trainings and advocacy workshops, followed by community service and the keynote lunch. Everything ends by 1.30 Friday, so you can get home or you can enjoy Naples. So NaplesSummit.com. You've been listening to Truth Culture Life. I'm Roy Hood at Catholic Spirit Radio, and we've got Tom Brecka from Thomas More Society and Nate Robertson from Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining uh, this show. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, Rice, and thank you, Nate. Good to hear the message awesome. from the First Amendment is a dead letter without Sidewalk Advocates uh, preaching the truth at the edge right. of the abyss. Amen. Thank you so much. Great way to end it. Yeah, that's great. You've been listening to Truth Culture Life at Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm Royce Hood. Be sure to follow me at X at Royce Hood. Just look, look me up on there. I'm pretty active on X these days. For better or for worse, I don't know which one it is, but I'm enjoying that app more than any other social media at the moment. And uh, yeah, be sure to uh, check out NaplesSummit.com as well. If you'd like to come down and join me and uh, join everybody else that's going, we'd love to have you. So go to NaplesSummit.com. And finally, be sure to uh, support Catholic Spirit Radio. You can do so right on their website. And be sure to download their app as well, CatholicSpiritRadio.com. Royce Hood signing off. See you next week. Give praise to the Lord. My rock Train my hands For war My fingers for battle Fortify my soul
in this world, but we're not of this world. We're meant for so much more. So let them have this world. We live for eternal life. Save as many as you can. Save as many as you can. But it's important to be sure to save yourself. Your soul is the most valuable thing that you have. Your soul. Give praise to the Lord.